another edition of Spooky Slime House, a podcast rated PG for crude humor, outrageous hijinks, and mild thrills. I'm Nelson. I'm Jasper. I'm Jared. And I'm Max. And this week on Spooky Slime, we are entering the foray of a heroic character by the name of Ernest for the first time with Ernest Scared Stupid. From Touchstone Pictures, if you're looking for danger, if it's action you crave, I know Tai Chi Kung Fu. There's only one man who's above the law. Ernest P. Worrell is here. And below average. Summer and dumber. He's fighting an army of killer trolls. Hey, hey, And he's a hero who never knows when to quit. Just ask my fourth grade teacher. He never knew when to quit. Only in theaters. Ernest Scared Stupid. Rated PG. Okay, so Ernest Scared Stupid covers trash collector Ernest P. Worrell as he accidentally awakens a monster through an ancient curse, which turns children into dolls and collects them. This movie was directed by John R. Cherry III, executive vice president of Camden and Cherry Advertising Firm. He created the character of Ernest P. Worrell initially to advertise local products and businesses, and then he's also directed almost all of the Ernest TV specials and movies that are uh, ubiquitous in 80s and 90s pop culture. It was produced by Touchstone, and it was the last of the Ernest movies to be produced by Touchstone Pictures. Due to the disappointing box office performance of this after Ernest goes to camp, Ernest goes to jail, and Ernest saves Christmas, Disney ended the production deal with Cherry and the actor Jim Varney, and the rest of the Ernest films were produced independently. There's many, many movies to cover. And one special shout-out that i got to give is the Kyoto Brothers, who directed Killer Clowns from Outer Space, my birthday slime pick, and then also were heavily involved in the production design of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. They did special vex for this movie, and not only that, but they reused some of the Killer Clown costumes in, for some of the monsters in the end of this movie. The clowns in particular, their names were Fatso and Rudy and Killer Clowns, and you see them again, but with a different kind of coat of paint, and it's great to see that. Me. And the cast of this movie features um, the one and the only Jim Varney as the titular Ernest. This was kind of the role that really defined his career before his unfortunate, untimely passing early in the millennium. And I think of special note, especially for Max, he's one of Lexington's finest sons for Max. And I know he'll introduce us to the history there a little bit later in the episode. Also supporting the cast here is Eartha Kitt, a very longtime character actress. You may recognize her voice from a very slimy animated movie in my books, The Emperor's New Groove. She plays Old Lady Hackmore, a, a woman very in tune with the spiritual world in uh, the Missouri location. And then there's a couple other actors who recur in the Ernest universe a lot. Daniel Butler, who um, was actually also a best-selling author and host of the show America's Dumbest Criminals. Bill Burgey, who was actually a librarian throughout this whole entire series as his day job and did acting on the side. And Larry Black, as Mayor Blaylock, was also a series regular. It's very interesting, I think, as as Jared said, this, this series feels like a very close-knit group of friends and collaborators who aren't necessarily filmmakers or people in the entertainment industry just making this wacky kind of franchise based around this Ernest character. So it's fun to see a lot of kind of non-professionals really giving it their all in this series. Yeah, it's always been interesting to me how the character got popular through a series of advertisements and instead of like them getting like a big director to come in and direct a movie with the character, it was just like the advertising executives started writing and directing movies. Feels very like a weird kind of 
homegrown character that just kind of came out of nowhere and organically rose to popularity. Really interesting about these movies is that like even though they were popular movies, pretty slimy movies, just very goofy comedies, they feel almost like outsider like like films or something. It's like they yeah, I've always had a soft spot for these movies for that very reason, just that they there is kind of a homemade quality to these, just in like a lot of the actors not being big stars and having the same people pop up. It's like it's very charming to me. And when you say homemade, I actually, I want to say this, that I actually was very surprised at how well shot and directed and, you know, designed these movies are. They don't look Mm -hmm. by any means like revelatory, but I watched uh, the first one in the series, Ernest Goes to Camp, prior to Ernest Scared Stupid, just to, you know, get a little context. And it's shot very cinematically, like very cool widescreen kind of anamorphic cinematography that feels almost like out of place for a comedy of this ilk. But yes, even though still, I, I do think it's, it's very cool that it's just, you know, this this team of friends in, in Tennessee and Kentucky just kind of making fun. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, John Cherry, I know he hadn't even directed until he just started making the Ernest TV special. So yeah, it's impressive how good these movies look. I think this one in particular, I hadn't seen Ernest Scared Stupid in quite some time. And I was very impressed just by kind of like the scale of it, especially the climax at the end. Like it feels something on the level of like a, a Gremlins or a, like a like something like that, not like some random low budget churned out slime like movie it just it feels like a bigger movie than i remembered max i'll admit i have no prior experience with Ernest, but as someone who is from lexington can you just give us a little more just general Ernest context oh yeah Ernest has a huge legacy around here um ever since i was a very young kid Ernest was like a very present figure in my life just in that like not only in that like he was in movies that I saw but like most people you meet that were old enough to have a story have a story of like hanging out with Jim Varney at a bar or somewhere like spending that's like having fun with Jim Varney some like talking to him like he was a very beloved guy around town he didn't live here always but he always came back and visited he still has family around here and actually uh he's buried in the lexington cemetery our cemetery so i've been to his grave a few times people leave like earnest dvds and stuff like that around there um i know with the high school he went to they have like a little plaque for him so it's like yeah jim varney's very beloved in lexington so i think yeah i never really knew how big the Ernest movies were outside of lexington because growing up here he might as well have been like one of the most iconic like comedy characters of all time but i feel like outside of here he's a much even if he is well known isn't quite as big a thing as he was here and jim varney like the way he started out is he was like a local theater actor i think and he just ended up in these ads and i don't think he really i don't think anybody could have seen how big that this character would ever get yeah i mean i grew up with the Ernest movies they were uh, quite formative, honestly. My favorite was Ernest Goes to Jail, um, and that was because it had. I think it was the first movie I ever saw that had like a doppelganger character to the the, the main character, where it's like Giovanni's playing two roles effectively, two different people. And that was like the first time I ever saw that in a movie, and I loved it. That other Slimehouse movie that does that is Inspector Gadget, but uh, Ernest Scared Stupid is even then like very. I have a very particular reverence for this movie because it was the first movie that scared the bejesus out of me i distinctly remember the first time you see uh one of the kids get turned into a wooden doll like first he falls into like a mud slide and then as he's trying to get out he gets 
that turned into this wooden doll like and it's like he's stuck in like the pose that he's in right before he gets turned into the doll kind of like the han solo carbonite in empire strikes back and i always found that really terrifying and how he just got stored in a little shelf afterwards uh, you never know if he's going to be found after that like that was this is in some respects an introduction to horror for me and as you guys were saying i was surprised by how well it held up i know i mentioned the kyoto brothers special effects and this movie feels in some respects like a spiritual successor to killer clowns which is one of my favorite movies and then also a little bit like the two troll movies troll and troll 2 if you will a little bit like nelson i had no previous experience with the Ernest movies whatsoever so i did do a little homework watched the Ernest goes to camp which was the first feature in the series and i was very surprised you know i i always kind of wrote these off as you know just really like bottom of the barrel bargain bin comedies i think mostly because i had only seen the trailers for like the straight to video ones before some other kind of straight to video movies and i just you know always kind of wrote them off my dad would always kind of make fun of the characters like not that funny um so i just you know was never never into it but watching ernest goes to camp and ernest scared stupid for this episode very pleasantly surprised at you know how how kind of clever and just fun they are yeah i think ernest is a very i mean it makes sense given his name he's a very earnest character which i think is what gives him (laughs) (laughs) i think that's what gives him more of a charm than like if he were just a complete like oaf to laugh at like in this movie i think especially when he gets to be a hero and stuff he has a very endearing quality to him like where feels more human than I feel like a lot of other characters like him would be in lesser sort of worse comedy movies to also center around like a a dumb guy like a, just like a dumb guy laughing stock character. He reminded me a lot of Ed from Good Burger in that like he's maybe a little older than like the typical Slimehouse protagonist would be, but he also has that kind of just childlike spirit to him and like the actual the climax of the movie actually kind of like is about that aspect of him and how that makes him uniquely qualified to stop the uh, main villain at the end but um yeah i just like revisiting this for slime house just made me think about how Ernest is a character that um was as we mentioned kind of the inception of him was during the proto slime era but this came out in 1991 and this is the early slime era and i feel like Ernest was a character that was uniquely able to fit like a glove that that new kind of formula that was becoming Slimehouse. I really enjoyed watching this, especially after last week's episode on Beetlejuice, which was a pretty soft Slimehouse movie. I feel like this was kind of like, all right, we're back in spooky slime season full-heartedly, you know, wholeheartedly, because it's just got a lot of the things that really we notice as very identifiable as like a Halloween movie and a Halloween Slimehouse movie. Um, it takes place in Branville, Missouri, and there's this local legend, and we open up, um, you know, back in the day, it's kind of Salem witch-style thing where a, a monster was buried, you know, and and the descendant of the pastor who buried it is, sure enough, Ernest, you know, and we get this kind of lore, and we have a cast of kids, and Ernest is kind of the man-child that kind of hangs out with the kids, and but is kind of on their level, and that's sort of the the intro to everything, but that it, it feels very familiar in, in a positive way to the, the spooky slime and the, the pumpkin slime genre specifically. Yeah, I'd actually forgotten how big of a role the kids in this movie played. 
as opposed to just Ernest. I remember it mainly being Ernest's story and didn't remember like the, the kids. I remember there being kids, but I didn't remember them being as major a part of the, part of the plot. And that made it very slimy. I think all the scenes with the kids were amongst the slimiest. And that's not to say Ernest himself isn't also a very slimy character. But I think the scenes with the kids were what really made it bring back those classic like spooky slime vibes of something like Monster Squad or anything the stuff we watched last year. And I don't think every Ernest movie involves like kids that, as much as this one does because like I don't recall Ernest goes to jail doing that. I haven't seen Ernest goes to camp in forever, but maybe Jasper, you can is is that have like kids in as much of a role as this does or? Yeah, I mean it's it's set at a uh, like a boys' summer camp and oh, right. you know <laughs> it's very similar to Ernest Card Stupid where Ernest is the butt of all the jokes and kind of the the center of all the plots going on, but. Um, the kids do play a big part. The The plot of Ernest Goes to Camp is he really wants to become a counselor, but he's kind of too dim-witted to, to become one. So they say, okay, you can become a counselor, but you have to watch over this group of juvenile delinquents who are coming to camp for the summer to like shape them, shape them up. Um, and then you can probably predict how that all goes. Uh, but yeah, the kids, are, the kids are very pivotal to the plot. But in the same way, it's Ernest learning from the kids and the kids learning from Ernest. So... Yeah, it's interesting because in these movies, like Ernest is such the the protagonist and the lovable sort of like hero, but in the commercials, Ernest was a much more obnoxious character. Like, yeah, the way they're put together is like they're from a first person point of view, and Ernest is like addressing you, the viewer, as Vern for some reason. Like that's where the famous "Know what I mean, Vern?" like quote comes from of Ernest. And so the whole thing is like Ernest is like just annoying the viewer who is Vern in like a it's like a first person perspective and like just by trying to sell various products like the first ad was for Beach Bend Amusement Park which is a amusement park around Lexington and Bowling Green Kentucky which is about two and a half hours away and that ad's just like him coming up to the window and stuff and saying like hey you hear about what's going on at Beach Bend and like he keeps getting the door slammed on him so it's like he's a nuisance in the ads but when they made the movies they brought him up to be much more of a protagonist much more of a character that like kids could look up to and I think the main way they do that is he has a lot of these moments where he's like about to try some absurd plot like when he had giant troll traps in this movie trying to catch the trolls or when he was trying to the very first scene he's a sanitation worker he's trying to clean all the garbage cans with this contraption a lot of good diy stuff in here but he has this like confidence where he's like for i am the great earnest and i will clean the like he has this like very upsides like he's very confident about all his gadgets and stuff that he comes up with in his plans and i think that makes him have a very like peewee herman type like he's he's more of an adult than Pee Wee Herman, I would say, but he still has this man-child nature that I think makes him a great Slimehouse character. He reminded me so much of Pee Wee, uh, just his spirit, his ignorance of adult mannerisms and expectations of of who what an adult man should do. He you know he just he loves hanging out with the kids, but not in a like I'm a kid way, just in in like a very like mentor like way. And I think that that is really, one, endearing, but also very, very much in the same vein as Pee-wee. And I think it's interesting that, you know, these are both kind of characters that kind of took the, the life of their own within their own franchises for this kind of man-child kind of bit that uh, the, the actors played. From Touchstone Pictures, first there was Jason, then there was Freddy. Now, Terror has a new name. 
Ernest, Scared Stupid, an all-new movie rated PG. Starts Friday, October 11th at a theater near you. See, they'll come in here and go through that door and up this way. But Joey hits him in the face with a mop. A wet mop. Then they'll have to crawl through all these peeled grapes while I'm screaming. Where are my eyes? Don't step on my eyeballs. Gross. But I love it. It's the Murdochs. Look out, Wits. It's a But moving on from Ernest, let's talk about some of the kids in this movie. We mentioned there, there are a lot of supporting kids that really kind of up the slime ante here. A great little trio of, of kind of the good kids at the center of it. And then there's some great bullies too, the mayor's kids, who are, who are real classic Slimehouse bullies. This is a classic. I think one of the one of the most like quintessential intros to kids in Slimehouse is you show them in the classroom with the desks in a row, and, and that's how we we open on this like report presentation about the legend, and you know the bullies, <laughs> of course, are calling him Nick, they're calling him insults like fart face and butthead and things like that, you know, yeah. and it's just the dynamic there and the banter between the the kids is is great, and that's that's only just the beginning of what they get to do. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Sharp Point Lava Girl, where like the, there's like a show and tell scene where the you're introduced to the bully as a heckler, and it's very similar to that kind of setup. And then, uh, you know, the best scene involving the bullies is when uh, they destroy the initial kind of haunted house that the the main trio of kids build, and then they build a new uh, haunt, a new treehouse with Ernest, and Ernest sets up this uh, sets up a battle station where they have a food fight with the boys as they uh follow them into the treehouse and that is a awesome scene it's before the spooky stuff really starts in this but it's it's pretty great you got like a pizza flung like a frisbee you have a canned food i think milk at one point but oh yeah there's a lot of milk in this movie so. yeah. <laughs> or as ernest calls it meak <laughs> that moment where yeah first of all they build like the coolest diy treehouse which is a yes. classic slime house already and then they've got all these homemade gadget contraptions, and that's when the action starts because the bullies come to attack them, and you've got this like canned food gun, and they're all like, "Man, your battle stations!" And you know, it's just <laughs> yeah. Awesome. To me, that scene is like you can get so much of Slimehouse from from that moment, and so much like wish fulfillment of like, yes, that is like the most awesome thing a kid could have and do. Yeah, I thought it was so funny that like. They were so, they wanted, I guess pizza was the slimiest food they could think of. So, because it's such a weird thing, like a cannon that shoots whole pizzas. As of, like, like, because getting hit by a pizza, like, not, wouldn't be that bad. Like, you get some grease and some sauce and all this, but like, there's much messier objects. But I guess a pizza, like a fully cooked pizza, was the slimiest thing. And actually, this was IMDb trivia, so take with a grain of salt, because that's not always sourced. But apparently, those pizzas were leftover props from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the oh, Ooze. Wow. So those specific oh. pizza props are holy grails of the Slimehouse genre. Yeah. Now look <laughs> at that. I love how this movie's just hand-me-down props from Killer Clowns. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that makes it even <laughs> feel even more like homegrown. Like it's just... <laughs> <laughs> 
leftover props from other slimy movies. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of good leftovers, I, I think a funny, this is a tangent, but um, if you guys have seen Breaking Bad, you know that there's a, one episode where they throw a pizza on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> well, that house, in Al- there's a, if you go to Albuquerque now, there are all these Breaking Bad tours and things like that. I mean, it really like made it a place that people go and visit well they had to build a really tall fence around the house because people would come and throw pizza on the roof <laughs> i wonder if in i wonder if in nashville where they filmed they're in a scared stupid they have to have a fence where the the tree house was so people don't shoot their pizzas <laughs> yes so pizza guns i assume that wasn't a real tree but i'm curious to know if it was because that would be a very fun little pilgrimage to go to the Ernest Scarce. oh yeah because it was a cool cool tree too so yeah i think it's a, i think it looked like a set yeah it's kind of did but i love the scene leading up to that where they're like Ernest is like checking which tree would be the best by like checking if it's too bassy or too light and then there's one where it's like there's like a, a nest of birds there and he gets have we seen this before in slime house like a bird excrement scene you we have bird poop jared <laughs> but excrement excrement's more fun we have seen that and i don't have one off the top of my head but that's a classic slime house you look up and you get pooped on um, yeah i feel like that's one of the better like the better forms of poop to include in slime house because it's such a slimy poop and it's not too gross it's just like an easy way to do a sliming scene that's like just gross enough so yeah mm-hmm. going on from that poop there's some good gross out stuff in here particularly the trolls so trantor the main troll has like very detailed like snot dripping from his nose at all times and they so they call reference to that but also it's just there very prominently even when reference is not called to it i really like how the Kyoto brothers really went like all in on making these trolls, especially Trantor, like particularly disgusting. And I think that like that, but the th- like something that makes makes the snot and stuff stand out from a lot of slime house is it's rarely really played for laughs. It's more played for making these trolls like genuinely horrific. And I do think that like this might be the genuinely like I don't find this movie like super terrifying like still, but I would say that. Of the spooky slime movies we've watched, this might be the most genuinely scary, which, like, I wouldn't expect at all from an Ernest movie. I think it's interesting, like, how far they go on the horror aspect of this plot, as opposed to a lot of the other stuff we've seen. I mean, Hocus Pocus kind of goes there, but you don't see it in as much detail and, like, as horrifically as I feel like you see in this movie. This is a very Slimehouse movie, right in the wheelhouse, but it actually... the how kind of strongly they played into kind of the more horror supernatural aspects of it actually docked it down a little bit for me because it does balance this like fun kid centric hocus pocus adjacent kind of slime hat spooky slime movie with kind of just like a pretty you know actually frightening creature feature um in a lot of ways almost like there's some like almost like nods to like body horror kind of tropes in this too which doesn't make it a worse movie by any means i I think it's actually a very fun film but on the slime house scale i think it docked it a couple points for me just because it is a little more frightening one one gross out gag i love in this is the troll's breath that is like a force of nature and it blows out ernest's uh, windshield (laughs) that was an awesome little thing and and uh just all the insults about that oh i was surprised on the troll's breath that they didn't make any references to how much it stunk i thought that was going to be like a big thing but there was no jokes about how much the breath was smelly 
Yeah, I feel like it was just it was just powerful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that not every not every's breath smells bad. Right? It has other that's true. That's purposes. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, and I guess an, another thing, a very major part of this movie, it's sort of between gross out and food and messes and all that. A lot of milk in this movie. It plays a very prominent mm-hmm. part in the plot, and thusly yes. we see lots of milk covering people and just a lot of milk all over this movie. Which I think it's funny the. The foreshadowing is very funny in retrospect. Once you figure out the big twist is that milk is what kills, is weakens the trolls. Because it's like the first time the troll are attacking and end up disappearing and running away. It's Ernest knocks over a cooler and it like specifically shows some milk call fall out of the cooler. And then there's another scene where like a milk truck pulls up and the trolls run away. And it's like, oh, so they telegraphed this, this yeah, milk reveal. Pretty, uh, <laughs> yeah, planning and payoff. I didn't. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. as a first time viewer, I I was mm-hmm. not looking for the twist. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have your eyes on the the clues for the big milk payoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think a milk squirt gun is a very slimy yes. weapon. This movie really does bring the hits for me as a slime house movie in terms oh, of like yeah. the like templates and tropes that we you know have acknowledged as being slime house are just like done here and done very well. And another example is yeah, once the the kids realize that uh, milk is what's going to save the day. And once after the kind of cat is out of the troll is out of the dungeon and we, we know that these are the, everyone in the town is in agreement. All the kids, including the bullies gather together, ride their bikes through the grocery store and stock up on milk and squirt guns and super soakers and team up to fight the trolls. And to yes. me, that just felt like slime house, wish fulfillment you know to a t and well you know great setup for a climax yeah i think the bullies sort of joining the battle against the trolls is a good example of the the enemy turned ally that we see so often in a lot of these movies and i think an even bigger example of that actually she's not exactly an enemy but she reminded me a lot of the dude in monster squad the old the man Holocaust survivor. Yeah, yeah yeah it reminded me of eartha kitt's character in this a lot where yep. she's sort of like the spooky old lady that everyone's scared of and thinks it's like a witch and all this stuff but she actually holds the, the wisdom and the key to solving the whole problem just uh i think she's like that's something you see so much in spooky slime specifically this like scary neighborhood legend ends up being a, a good person and being an ally in the end and i think this is yes. maybe the key example of that i feel like maybe it was just the first time i noticed it in a movie but whenever i think of that trope when we've talked about it i think about this eartha kit character i see it as almost like a respect your elders kind of lesson especially yeah. in like a kid's movie there's like a if you want to put kind of like a moral compass on it it, it feels like a listen to listen to the old folks they've they know what they're talking about, whereas your parents, not so much. Yeah, and I think that this has a, just sort of going off of that, this has a lot of, like, adults don't believe the kids, both the police and just the adults of the town in general. No one wants to believe Ernest or the the kids. He ends up losing his job because he's so adamant about catching the trolls. Mm-hmm. The police just won't listen. It's just a, a very good example of, like, the kids and Ernest notice something's up, but nobody else in the town seems to have... I think that's another reason why this reminded me of Good Burger, or at least like the character of uh, Kel Mitchell's character in Good Burger, is the fact that I think in all of the movies, Ernest is kind of established as this like kind of blue collar character, and like he's more of like a someone who's like looking for a job. The same way like we talked in Good Burger in that episode about how 
it was different than every other Slime House movie because it wasn't about school. It was about like post schools, about the work environment. And I think Ernest's kind of like um, blue collar roots tap into that too. Yeah, it's interesting that Ernest is very explicitly like a working class blue collar character. Like they kind of, they very much try to give him that almost sort of like proto, like Larry the Cable Guy type thing, but he's not stereotypical like hillbilly or redneck character. And I think it's interesting to see like a, a working class adult be sort of like the protagonist of a Slime House movie. There's a good moment where before, because yeah, it, it has the classic trope of like nobody believes about the monsters until it's kind of too late, you know, and kind of like hocus pocus or something. And there's a moment where Ernest interrupts the talent show and the town mayor says, don't you have any respect for authority? <laughs> and I kind of felt like, yeah, like that's slime house right there. It's like, you know, you're not trying to, you're not disrupting things because you're mean spirited. You're disrupting things. Cause like the authority sucks. They're, they're dolts. And you know, it's, so it takes someone like Ernest, the kind of an every man who also realizes the, the problem at hand to kind of wake people up to that. Going off that scene too, the whole entry of that scene camera work was very reminiscent of the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone iconic sequence where Professor Quarrel runs into the to the mess hall and says, Troll in the dungeon! It reminded me very much of Ernest walking in and saying, There's a troll! Troll is a spirited choice of monster and villain in this. I feel like I can't think of many other troll-centric horror movies or Halloween movies or anything. You see witches, vampires so much, but nice to see a good troll movie. I feel like you get a, good, get a lot of good monster effects out of that. And I think it's a slimy slimy monster as well but yeah like, definitely very very mm-hmm. slimy monster it's just it's so gross to look at mm-hmm. um, the, especially the scene where the mo- it, it splats on Ernest's windshield before he blows out the windshield and it's just like snot and troll slime that was a very very good sequence in my eyes and also bouncing off the gross out and kind of the blue collar aspects we were talking about. I think it's interesting that he's a trash collector, especially in a slime house movie. And it's not like necessarily looked down upon by the kids. It's like, you know, he's just kind of one of them. The adults kind of look down on him because it's such a blue collar, you know, kind of low paying job. But in the context of the movie, it's kind of like it gives him the tools to, you know, defeat the trolls in a, in, in a small way. And I think that that's a, an interesting perspective that could really only, I think, be done in a Slimehouse movie, you know, where where the gross occupation is actually the cool one at the end of the day. Yeah, it kind of makes like I feel like trash collectors like the go to job that like another, other movies would go to is like, oh, this is like a bad job to have. You wouldn't want to have this job. But this movie makes it look like fun and makes it like almost an admirable like a job for for Ernest to have like he's important he's sad when he loses his job like it doesn't look down on Ernest for his job and I I like that about this movie I like the respect that this movie holds for Ernest despite the fact that he is like like pretty much just like a one a one joke character this movie actually treats him like as a a pretty rounded character relatively speaking and we, and we get such a great moment where he's trying to be innovative with his job. And so it, it, it has that kind of gadgetry, like inventor moment. And, you know, and of course it kind of blows up in his face and, you know, he has to kind of like avoid getting smushed by his own invention. But at one point he has like a dumpster. He sets up as a troll motel to try to trap. It's just like, it reminds me a lot of like, I feel like that's something you see in slime. I very much in the DIY sort of like these homemade, very like crude, childish traps. Yeah, and this coming out a year after Home Alone, too, makes me wonder, you know, if a lot of that kind of 
capturing the villain in these ways that only, you know, that you could do at home, a kid could build at home, how inspired this was from Home Alone, even though they're very different movies, tonally, visually. I think that as we discussed in our Home Alone episode last year, I think that that movie, you know, was the face that launched a thousand ships in terms of just like kids being able to capture the bad guy with tools you could get at your local hardware store or in your garage. She told me about this troll that had red glowing eyes and walks like this. <laughs> and if he ever gets loose, he'll go after the children first. And he turns them into little wooden dolls, which gives him his power. And that ugly little rascal is still alive down there. There's a running gag in this when Ernest is interacting with the kids where he's like trying to teach them lessons about standing up to bullies and things like that. And he goes into this like weird lecture where he like changes his like persona and he like goes from like being like an Ottoman soldier to like some like weird British guy to an old lady. <laughs> and that running gag is just, there's something about that and how it's, it seems like especially great for like a pumpkin slime movie to be doing that. Cause he's changing his costume, if you will, mm -hmm. but just like the lack of logic and how he's able to change so fast in these different attires and all that. And it's just, that is such a live action cartoon thing. And it's such a slime house thing. That was in all the Ernest movies. I think that was just a trait of the character. Cause I think these characters all came from like the Ernest TV specials. He would like do a lot of different characters in them. And I think a lot of these characters started out in those instead of Jim Varney playing like various characters specifically Ernest is embodying all these different people and they even in this one call reference to it a few times I don't remember if they do that in the other movies where like one of the kids will say something about oh Ernest like how Ernest does all these multiple personalities but I do yeah. think that's super slimy especially there's a few where he's in drag there's one where he seems like he's playing like a sort of like a sassy older woman and that reminded me a lot of Cat in the Hat and just the way those scenes are sort of shot with this weird this movie has a lot of weird close-up like fisheye mugging of Ernest. A lot of these shots are just real close up Ernest making ridiculous faces. And those scenes are shot like that. And I mean, I think visually, this is a very slimy looking movie, which I think is something that we don't talk about with too many movies. But I think this is one of the first ones, like one of the earliest ones I've noticed where like this movie looks very much like what we would see in Slimehouse to come. It's a great segue to kind of one of the biggest things that really solidifies this is very, very Slimehouse to me is you have moments where the camera choice deliberately goes with this kind of tilt to it. And like, for example, the scene where Ernest gets his, the bird poop on, like it's just shot at a 45 degree angle. Like that's Slimehouse. And you rewatch the commercials of that era and all that. And this movie consistently goes with the tilt angle. It's sometimes known as a Dutch angle, but I've, I've been told tilt angles are better because it's more broad. It's something that's so identifiably Slimehouse. Most, if you really want the most obvious example, you watch Grinch 2000, but just watch the way the camera just pivots and goes, goes to the side for no apparent reason other than maybe just like upping the zaniness to it, which I think is just, that's the sole purpose of that is it, it, it makes it slime house. It makes it off kilter. Actually, when I was a kid, I first noticed that kind of zany camera movement um, that you're talking about. And I was on that tilt is there was a series of commercials for the brand popsicle um, where they'd go popsicle zone, whoa, and it would, it would just be a commercial for all the different kinds of popsicles. They always use that kind of visual style. And I see a lot of, you know, what those commercials would do later on in the 90s in this movie. Um, so I, I like that you point that out, Nelson. 
I think the fact that maybe these were started out like the character of Ernest started out as a character in commercials who was filmed like from that, like I was saying, like in the ads, it's like sort of shot from a POV. I think that sort of informs the aesthetic of this movie that it like it comes from a, a series of ads that were POV. So a lot of this feels almost POV, even if it's not explicitly and just like you'll have it close up on his face like he's real close to you or you'll have a tilt when something's weird. And I feel like the way this sort of brought like the, the visual language of advertisements into like a movie feels like why this movie visually feels so distinctive to me. I think the way it translated that into and not only just advertising in general, but specifically those earnest ads, the way it sort of translated those into film makes it for a very slimy movie visually. And I think like I'm not sure how popular this movie was, so I'm not sure how influential it was on the slime to come, but it does feel like very fully formed slime pretty early on in the genre's days. And I think that the visual style is the most of the reason for that. I think that Grinch is a perfect comparison, actually. I thought this movie visually even had a lot of similarities to the Grinch. And even when he was like doing all the different characters like and stuff, that reminded me of the Grinch. I think that like, yeah, a lot of this movie's DNA in the Grinch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I didn't put that together, but that's a fascinating note about this movie being shot kind of like it's an advertisement. And I think something we're realizing, too, is kind of we, you know, take notes on who is making a lot of these Slimehouse movies. There's a lot of filmmakers and writers who were coming from TV, whether they be from advertisements or music videos or, you know, just Nickelodeon and Disney. So a lot of that kind of more frenetic, energetic television energy, I think, was being pumped into the slime house genre and really informed that aesthetic. So I think that that's a very, very astute kind of observation that I did not put together. It's like awesome. I thought for a long time that a great idea for a slime house episode would be to like a episode about infomercials, like some of the more famous ones, shall we say, like let's rap about fire safety <laughs> or one of my favorites called it's just good manners featuring Eddie cat. Uh, if anyone knows that one but i don't think so but like they, they have what we're talking about tilted weird commercially kind of vibe but there's these like 20 minute videos that i think are worth studying on their own because i think they're part of the slime house canon psas and commercials and stuff yeah. like the fact that they have to be like so in your face to like get your attention <laughs> means they have to use a lot of sort of like flashy loud sort of visual tricks and stuff and i think that like yeah, seeing that transplanted into a movie like Ernest Scared Stupid, you kind of see like how advertising has had an impact on like Slime House and on comedy and stuff like that. And it's, I think it's interesting to see it because it's something that you'd never really pick up on. But when you see it so explicitly in that, like, it's a movie based on a commercial character that like it makes that much more obvious. Yeah. And I, I think had we not been, you know, had I watched this movie prior to identifying Slime House as a concept, I wouldn't have put together that specific element that's like oh this really enforces it as slime house but i think that yeah it speaks to like that there are you know filmmaking has a as a language of its own and and one of the ways you kind of crank up the zaniness is is by you know shooting it at a really weird angle or yeah or giving it a kind of a distorted perspective and and it, like this takes place in the quote real world but it has this kind of like heightened reality even you know like his trash cleanup it does not resemble like real trash cleanup an exaggerated version of that mm -hmm. um there's one other only one shot but similar in grinch 2000 only happens one time uh in the climax of the movie ernest is up in the treehouse and he's getting chased around and then chasing around two 
trolls and it, the camera is from one angle and it's it's sped up. That <laughs> happens in Grinch 2001 shot as well when Max and the Grinch are fighting in the mail room. And it's just a bizarre thing that it's like, okay, one shot, we're going to allow you to do hyperspeed, you know? <laughs> and like, if you do that too many times, it would be really annoying. But it's just funny that like, again, a specifically one moment they, they went for that type of gag. I think there's a moment in, I want to say it's the Little Rascals film where there's a hyperspeed shot, but the that hyperspeed, when I saw that scene, it kind of reminded me of silent films in a little bit, in, in a way, you know, where there is that, and this was just a technical limitation they had back in those days, you know, where some stunts had to be shot sped up, you know, um, but in that way, it got me thinking a lot about kind of the physical humor of a lot of Slimehouse movies and how it does kind of harken back to a more like silent film um, or early talky um, era. This movie is, you know, there's a lot of verbal jokes, but there's also a lot of physical humor. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, there's a loving um, regard for those, you know, early Chaplin or Keaton or a lot of that visual humor. Yeah, I mean, something I think it shares with a lot of like things like that and with Grinch for that matter as well that we haven't really touched on is Ernest has a very crucial animal sidekick his dog Rimshot yeah, who man. which of course when you get a dog in the slime house maybe that means dog reaction shots and even a dog driving at one point Rimshot <laughs> goes behind the wheel at this which I think is a very slimy scene in the movie and I think yeah I think that his animal sidekick, especially the fact that he has like a silly name that he's kind of earned his best friend and that he is sort of humanized in a lot of ways. It feels very Slimehouse. And honestly, like until we thought that, I only vaguely had Grinch on the mind, but like this really does like remind me a lot of Grinch 2000 in a number yeah. of ways, both like visually and like character wise. I mean, Ernest even has some like great insults and one liners, much like the Grinch. I think this has a little, this kind of, we have, I feel like we haven't seen it in a while, a lot of really good insults a lot but this movie has a lot especially directed from earnest towards the troll including the i think my favorite it's the how about a bumper sandwich <laughs> booger lips which is Ernest's like yeah. big last line which i found this another questionable imdb trivia apparently well this isn't even questionable because it's barely even a piece of trivia but it says that many 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 mistakenly believe that the famous troll face meme comes from that scene but it actually does not. So that piece of trivia is that people think, but I didn't know people thought that the troll face originated. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, it's a very weirdly written piece of IMDb trivia. Like it seems very defensive. Like it's, it's angry that people thought that Ernest originated the troll face. Huh. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it go. this one is like rife with insults more than, yeah, we've seen in a while. I think my favorite is at the end of the movie, you know, right. He's like about to like, take down one of the, the bad trolls and he says sayonara snot wad <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, a lot of like snot and like booger related insults which i think are really good yeah and, and there's yeah there's definitely some slime stuff and and to me a lot of the insults kind of reminded me of we talked about this on the meet the deedles episode where you can't say swear words in a slime house movie for the most part they do they do say that's bull at one point in this movie very early on but I feel like a lot of these insults in a, in a PG 13 movie, they just say like shit face or something like that, but it's booger lips or 
snot wad like stuff that people don't actually say <laughs> yeah i feel like it's like the creativity that you have to like get around to avoid using profanity and, and insults is what ends up giving us such good slimy creative insults yeah it, and it also reminded me of uh the monster squad had some great spooky slime adjacent uh insults the my favorite being back off band-aid breath when he's talking to the mummy but i think Ernest's definitely might might top that yeah, I think that specifically these insults directed towards monsters rings is very slimy to me. I think like yeah. using like like insulting a genuine monster with just like a like a little like teasing insult is just a very slimy concept to me. And then like I think some I don't know if we mentioned it, but some of the insults actually literally invoke the word slime, like eat lactose slime ball. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. a really good one. <laughs> yeah, as if as if it didn't need any defense, we get two slime specific references that one and then when Ernest is buying his gear from the the salesmen who were, who were great uh, and are selling oh, yeah. overpriced goods they sell him slime proof troll gloves yeah i think those salesmen characters are great those actors these characters pop up in all kinds of Ernest movies as like just one sort of like one-off gag characters that do this and i thought that their role in this as the salesman was very funny uh, uh, how about a bumper sandwich booger lips <laughs> you got him rimshot way to go another trope that's just kind of random but <laughs> the kids always have a dad who's a cop you know and um yeah, squad that. Know, yeah so like the dad's the sheriff and of course i think it's just a way to like make it so like it's like dad dad help us and he's like son it's full of nonsense you know and that kind of thing so i just yeah. on that note i did think it was a funny um addition that the bully's dad was the mayor yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah what were they the murdochs was that the murdochs, a, a yeah. good yeah a good name for a group of bullies the murdochs. and then he's going <laughs> he's going golf like we only see him like three times and one of them he's like going golfing so yeah i mean i feel like that gives it kind of the anti-authoritarian like stances that like the mayor and his kids are villains the police are villains like just to <laughs> A very, a very distrusting of everyone but Ernest and the children. And I mean, I think something we didn't mention, there's a very notoriously scary scene in this where the troll is in, like, the girl's bed. And that's very similar. It reminds me of the scene with the mummy in Monster Squad and then a lot of this stuff yeah. where it's, like, the parents, like, oh, there's nothing under your bed. Don't worry about it. Well, there's, like, mm -hmm. something there the whole time. It's, like, very good ignorant parents in this, which I think are key to any effective piece of spooky slime. I mean, now now we're getting a little scared, stupid. So let's get into slime scores. I'm gonna come in hot, okay? If someone were to ask me what pumpkin slime is, this is the first movie I'd show them, and I think they get everything they need to know about what pumpkin slime is. And I think we've talked so much about like both aesthetically and even thematically. I think this checks all the boxes. So I I expect to be the odd one out here, but I'm going for a ten. That's cool. I but I don't know why I expected the auto now because I think that's that's interesting. But uh, yeah, I actually yeah. I'll second that. Uh, I was kind of going back and forth between a nine and a ten because, like, I think Jasper was leading to earlier. I thought this might be a little yeah, a little a, too scary, a little too horror to be. But I think this is a ten. I think that they're so visually so it's so visually slimy. I think Ernest is such a slimy character. I think that the trolls are slimy villains. I think this is like yeah. Like Jared already kind of said, this like has everything I think that shows what spooky slime is. Every aspect of spooky slime is on display in this movie and even more things that are 
slimy that may not even be spooky slime. It's even more than that. So yeah, I think this is a pretty easy 10 for me and I'm excited to maybe talk about more earnest movies in the future. Cause I wasn't quite, I hadn't seen any of these movies in a long time. I didn't know. I didn't think they would be quite as slimy as this one was. So yeah, yeah this is a, a 10 for me. I was actually teetering a lot lower when I, when I was about halfway through, I was like, man, I think this is about a seven. And then the ending hit and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to settle on a strong eight for this, um, which is what I'll be giving it. I think this is about as spooky slime as you can get. And it is for all the reasons we mentioned, it's a great depiction of a lot of early slime house aesthetics behind the camera and in front of the camera. I think the DIY, you know, the tree house and just Ernest's kind of gadgets that he creates very, very of the slime house ethos. Um, I think the aesthetic camera work in this definitely the reason I do knock it down is because I do think it can get a little dark. And I also think that there is a moment in this movie where it's a little too earnest focused. And I think when it goes full earnest, it kind of loses a little bit of the sliminess, but that said, Still a very slimy movie. Glad to be finally introduced to the earnest world. So a, a strong eight for me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll tell you, I am, I'm teetering between a nine and a 10 and I actually think I'm going to lean nine and it's like, it's, I guess it's not as like pop color wise as some of what I consider a 10 slime house to be, you know, I feel like it's a little more muted in the color palette of it. Um, but I think that the, the aesthetic of especially the, the camera work and all that is really spot on. And I do think this is kind of the most spooky slime you can get in terms of all, all of those components. So it's a high, I, I think I'd rather give it a high nine than a low 10. I'd rather save my tens for something I'm, I'm a little more confident on, but, um, but I'm really, I am really glad to see it and kind of get to know uh, Ernest is, yeah, it's definitely an important slime house movie without a doubt. Uh, all right, and with that, uh, stay slimy, stay scared, and stay stupid. <laughs> Slimehouse, a podcast created by Jared Anderson, Jasper Birnbaum, Max Morris, and H. Nelson Tracy. If you like this episode, you can find more fun on slimehousepod.com. Our website is created by Brian Hume of Valencia Creative Company. Our theme music, composed by Greta Russell. Support this podcast at anchor.fm slash slimehousepod or by following us on social media at slimehousepod on all platforms.